0: Well, uh, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, going to speak to Environment Secretary George Eustace just before nine o'clock, or before nine. Not sure if it's just before nine. Some stage before nine. Professor Anand Menon is Director of the UK Interchanging Europe. Anand, good morning. Hi,
1: Nikki. How you doing?
0: Fine. What's going on here? Rule takers, rule makers, rule breakers. What's happening?
1: Well, it's very clear that this government doesn't want to be a rule taker. So in that sense, the talks with the EU had already ground to a bit of a halt because the British government was saying we're not going to be bound by your rules. But on this particular the, the story from the FT on the new legislation, what I don't think is clear yet is whether the government is actually going to press ahead and do this or whether this is sabre rattling in a last minute attempt to try and push the EU into making concessions. And that will become clearer this week.
0: What would the implications be were it to go ahead for Northern Ireland, for the Republic of Ireland?
1: Well, the problem would be that if the UK went ahead and unilaterally broke the terms of the agreement with the EU, there would... Quite possibly, need to be that border that everyone needed wanted to avoid between the north and the south of Ireland, because the point of the protocol is to make sure that there is no border infrastructure between north and south on the island of Ireland. Absent that protocol, that situation might change.
0: Who would have? Uh, who would build that border? Who? I mean, would the Republic of Ireland build it because they're part of the European Union and they would have to build it because they've signed up for all those treaties? I mean, it, how, how would it appear?
1: Well, the European Union would insist on having that border because it would need to check what was going into its market. But equally on our side, bear in mind, World Trade Organization rules would uh, impose on us the necessity to check things coming over that border because World World Trade Organization rules don't like borders without checks on them.
0: We have to abide by World Trade Organization rules as well, don't we? And uh, that's not a walk in the
1: park. No, absolutely. So, Without some sort of agreement that says, here are the ways in which we'll, we'll, we'll avoid the need for checks, this could have very serious consequences for the intra-Irish border. And of course, with everything to do with the intra-Irish border, everyone's got an eye on potential consequences for Irish politics as well.
0: What else do we uh, fancy ripping up?
1: Well, I think the main thing in the negotiations with the EU is that this government, unlike its predecessor, has made it absolutely clear that leaving the European Union means we don't want to be bound by EU rules and regulations anymore. So one of the big sticky points in the talks is EU rules over the subsidies that governments can give to companies is something they are very keen to apply to us. And the government at the moment is simply saying, no, if that's a condition, then we won't have a deal. And fishing. Uh, fishing similarly uh i think that the two sides could compromise on fish i think they're not a million miles apart but again there's a trade-off to be made here the eu want a long-term deal guaranteeing essentially the same access as they have now the uk government again is saying no you can't have the same access because we're not a member state anymore but i suspect if they can sort out the subsidies question then fisheries is just about possible to see a compromise between the two positions
0: Okay, business in this country is facing the biggest challenge for the economy for generations, perhaps for hundreds of years. With a no-deal Brexit, with all the administrative demands and all the extra bureaucracy and, and tariffs, for some businesses, that's the last thing they want or need right now.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that a no deal exit from the European Union will make life more difficult for businesses. I mean, particularly, of course, those businesses that trade with the European Union, because they will make that trade harder. It will imply tariffs, it will imply checks at borders, it might imply initially some disruption at ports because we're far from ready in the terms of the numbers of customs officials we have, in terms of the infrastructure we have at ports, to make those borders work as well as they could. So, yeah, there will be considerable disruption for business. It's worth bearing in mind that even the kind of deal the government seems to want, if the EU will agree to it, will involve a significant amount of disruption because it will be quite a thin trade deal. So either way, come the 1st of January, many businesses are going to have to get used to a whole new way of trading with the EU.
0: Boris Johnson and the government are talking about a similar relationship to that between Australia and the EU. Is that why they're appointing Tony Abbott, the former Australia PM, as a a kind of trade envoy or whatever he is? Uh,
1: No, I think the two are separate. But the the point of saying Australia, I think, and remember Australia doesn't have a formal relationship with the European Union that goes very far, is is to avoid saying no deal. I mean, the one thing I would point out is... Australia is a lot further away from us than the EU is and therefore we trade far, far less with Australia than we do with the European Union.
0: Okay, one more. Um, What do you think? You said at the beginning this could be sabre-rattling. Some people are are also expressing the desire for fresh faces. It's all got a bit stale and if there were new people in there we might have a little bit more impetus. Where, Where do you think we're going to go?
1: What, do you mean in terms of the negotiations themselves you're talking about? uh, Yeah. I think, to be honest, the sticky points in the negotiations has got very little to do with personality at this point. It is to do with principle. Both sides, this government, this new government, Boris Johnson's government in the UK and the European Union, are pointing to what they say are fundamental principles about the way their markets, what will work in the future. And and so I don't think changing the personnel will make much difference at all. I think what needs to happen actually is – Political leaders on both sides need to get together and try and strike a compromise because one of the issues in these negotiations to date has been, understandably, because of coronavirus, political leaders have not given the attention to this Brexit dossier that they should have. And therefore, bureaucrats don't have the authority to make the kinds of concessions both sides are going to need to make if we're going to get a deal.
0: Well, listen. It's been very interesting and informative and useful talking to you again, Anad. It's been a while. Thank you very much. And uh, it's and it's kind of back to the future a little bit, isn't it?
1: It is. But uh, I know you've missed Brexit, Brett Nicky, so you must be quite happy about this. We missed really? you. Yeah, I was going to say missed you. <laughs> yeah. Thank, you. So, Thank
0: you, Professor Anad Menel, Director of the UK in a Changing Europe, and. Uh,